0: When Steve Jobs created the iPod in 2001, he probably thought he was creating a music device. And he was. But in doing so, he also created something else. It's not hard to imagine that scene in Steven's laboratory where a lowly engineer saw the glimmer of possibility in Steve's portable music box. Um, Mr. Jobs? Yes, son?
1: I love music. It's sort of what moves us. But to some, the best song is a very long song. It has no melody, and the only rhythm you'll find is the rhythm of conversations between thinkers, visionaries, and creators. I'm confused, but go on. Well, Let me put it this way. We know your pod can blast, but do you think your pod can cast? 17 years later, podcasts are more popular than music, giving two friends from America, one from New Hampshire and one from Tennessee, the opportunity to make their voices heard, with a little help from another American podcaster named Alex. I'm Sam. And I'm John. And this is John and Sam's Alex, Inc., Inc. So, before we launch into today's episode, we have some pretty exciting news. That's right. John and Sam's Alex, Inc., Inc. is finally on iTunes, uh, it took us a while to get there, but we're finally in the big leagues. Life goal achieved. Oh, my God. It's a real a real high-water mark for this podcast. Um, now, John, I understand that you have some statistics about how our episodes have been performing so far.
0: Yep. Now, all our fellow podcasters out there know that it can be pretty tricky to get exact numbers for podcast performance. But I did get a personal email from iTunes yesterday saying that John and Sam's Alex Inc. Inc. was the least downloaded podcast in the history of the platform. It was a personal email. Huh. So that's kind of cool. Well, hey, we're keeping our chins up
1: over here because um, we know that we have a small but loyal following, and every podcast has to start somewhere. I mean, Alex certainly did, right? So, Yeah, I
0: mean, I mean they wouldn't make the show Alex, Inc., uh, which is, is which is works for a lot of people, such as us, as sort of a tutorial how to for starting a podcast. If they didn't think that you know it can be achieved, that uh, that you can launch a podcast from obscurity into the into the highest heights. So- yeah, absolutely. So I guess you know as long as we keep following
1: Alex's lessons and as long as we remain friends, which I'm not worried about, mm-hmm. uh, I think we're going to be all
0: right. True that, my man. Now let's get down to business and recap this week's episode of Alex Inc. called The Butterfly Pavilion. Right. In this episode, episode
1: three, um, chicken little Zach Braff gets mad at his dumb Italian cousin for building a recording studio without asking. Uh, His wife Rooney murders a special butterfly because she was busy
0: texting. Uh, And their son gets really good at guitar because of YouTube tutorials. This episode offered a lot of really good lessons for us as burgeoning podcasters, Uh, The first among them was how important it is to use music as sort of a score for your podcast.
1: Yeah, and this is uh, illustrated in the episode by um, Alex's son, who becomes very good at playing guitar, and sort of to make a point of that, sort of starts to underscore conversations around the house, you, you know, arguments, sort of light moments, dark moments, and right. then eventually um, actually does end up
0: scoring the podcast. It was also pretty informative, because for us, we it reminded us, of sort of the advantage that we have with our in-house DJ, Danny Pacino.
1: And Danny Pacino is more than just an intern to us, and he's more than just a son-like figure to us. He's also um, the best composer that I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're lucky enough that because of the um, deal that he has worked out with his school, we don't have to pay him. Uh, in fact, he's getting a course credit for uh, scoring our podcast And uh, so it's sort of a win-win for both and of us And keep in mind
0: he is 32 years old I mean he's a, grown, he's, a, he's a grown up But having Danny around really sort
1: of illustrates How important a storytelling device music can be right? Mm-hmm. And we
0: sort of have a fun way of illustrating this today Right The same sentence said With four different accompanying music tracks Takes on a wildly different emotional tone So for us we'll just, we'll just try this right now um, Danny are you ready for it with the music? Let's take it back to the old school. Okay, here we go. I struggle to find sympathy for the homeless in our community. I struggle to find sympathy for the homeless in our community. I struggle to find sympathy for the homeless in our community. struggle to find sympathy with all of in our community. So that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. And so you, you know, just that was the same sentence said four different times, basically the same way. But the first one, you know, kind of happy. Mm-hmm. The second one, kind of sad. Mm-hmm. The third one, I would say, surprisingly sort of sexy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the fourth one, kind of a grab bag of all of them.
0: Right. Right. What, what sort of music track, uh, Sam, would you put on if maybe you were telling... Uh, your mom, you don't want to speak with her anymore? Um, That's pretty easy for me. It would be the national anthem. Like, what would be an example,
1: for instance, of music that you would listen to um, if you were telling your sister that you won't support her financially anymore and she's got to leave your home?
0: It's got to be the national anthem. Yeah, it's usually the national anthem. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the next lesson, the next podcast lesson that we learned from Alex Inc. was Sort of a... uh, This one we had to kind of find the DHM, like the deep hidden meaning. Mm -hmm. Basically, in the episode, uh, Rooney takes Soraya on a field trip and accidentally kills a butterfly that is the most beautiful butterfly in the entire place. And so, it just goes to show that, that Rooney is not the best mother. But... Yeah, I, I'm not going to, just to give
1: them like a little peek behind the curtain, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we we watch all of these episodes together mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we'll stay up all night sort of talking about them and, and turning over the sort of like hidden right. meanings in them so that we can bring... We send this, each other,
0: we, we oh sorry, go
1: on. Oh, no, no, no it, it just, we, we spend a lot of time sort of parsing it out so that we can make something sort of short and succinct for you, but a lot of... Thought and planning goes into right. it beforehand.
0: Let's just say that uh, our, we have a WhatsApp thread that is so uh, live. I pretty much can't... It's hard for me to have a conversation with a personal friend, a close personal friend, because the WhatsApp thread that Sam and I have where we talk about how we're going to do the show... Is really loud, constantly buzzing, constantly beeping. I think a uh, a time massage parlor would be wise to instead of using you know whatever tools they use to just, just put p- our phones on top of the back of a person right. who needs a massage, assuming that it's not uh, the that it's not nighttime because we don't text at nighttime. On WhatsApp. No, we don't. Um, but that's a long way of saying that. For
1: this specific episode, we had to text uh, even more mm-hmm. because, you know, there's the surface level meaning of this incident, which is that Rooney is a terrible mother. Mm-hmm. And then there's the sort of deeper meaning, which is that um, delicate things can be broken. Right, Something as delicate as a butterfly. And in a lot of ways,
0: podcasts are kind of like butterflies. Wouldn't you agree, John? Yes. Don't think for a second that that podcasting is... A painless process because ripping sort of the thoughts out of our heads as podcasters is, uh, you know, I can't imagine that childbirth is worse.
1: Yeah, and that process, I have to imagine, is a lot like
0: when a caterpillar becomes
1: a butterfly, which is something that we have sort of retroactively said is, is sort of beautiful in its evolution. But you better believe that that butterfly is screaming in pain as it flexes its wings for the first time and attempts to fly into the unknown. And that sort of every time we hit record on our microphones, that's
0: what we sort of feel like. Right, and can I just say that I'm so grateful that you said that, because I see these little kids uh, with their butterfly, you know, they catch caterpillars, and they raise them into butterflies. Uh, they think it's so go. fucking yeah. funny. And they think it's so fucking beautiful. They think it's so sweet. They are literally witnessing the most painful moments in a creature's life. And they think it's amazing. They, they call it, they mommy, mommy, come look at what's... Look, look, he's molting. Like, look, he's hatching from his, um, you know, whatever, his little... Uh, Cocoon? It, exactly. They think that's amazing. I'm sick and tired of kids not recognizing the pain that a bug is going through when they it have comes no idea. They have no it's idea. Ridiculous. And you don't need to look very far online to be to to be informed that it's not a painless process for the creatures.
1: No. Everybody, right now, hit pause on the podcast. Google butterfly screaming aiff. And just treat your ears to the most horrific sound that you'll ever hear. And that happens millions of times a
0: day. Right. And can I say it's not, I'm sure a lot of you misheard, a lot of you who this message is actually most important for, probably misheard AIFF as AF because you're so hopped up on, on texting. But no, it's not about a butterfly being uh, screaming AF. No, it's just a sound file called an AIFF. It's, yeah, the, they, it's one of the highest quality sound files. Exactly. There used to be a certain time when individuals knew about the different files. I guess that time is uh, gone. Another
1: way that podcasts are like butterflies is that, you know, there are a lot of them out there. There are millions of butterflies, a.k.a. podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are very few blue morphos, a.k.a. special podcasts.
0: We're talking WTF. We're talking um, anything like that. Yeah. I think it's just us and WTF. And, Al- and
1: Alex Inc., if it were real. If it were real. Um, and not just a guide that has been put on TV to help mm-hmm. us. Um, So those are the podcast lessons that we learned while watching this episode of Alex, Inc. Um, But, of course, there were also some life lessons in this
0: episode. Some. Um, Some is an underestimate, an understatement.
1: Yeah, there were at least plenty. Uh, One of the big things that we learned, um, which is a thing that uh, Alex's son also learns, is you can basically learn anything from a YouTube tutorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in this episode of Alex Ink, it is of course the ability to play guitar. He watches one, maybe two YouTube tutorials, and by the end of the
0: episode, he's freaking Stevie Ray Vaughan on the uh, beige dragon. Right. Ben Ben comes leaps and bounds, and I think I want to get ahead in front some of, in front of some of the Alex uh, Ink stoppers, which is what I'm going to call the haters mm-hmm. who are gonna who have. Sort of said things to the effect of a kid can't learn to play guitar as fast as this kid. I have two uh, responses to that argument. The first is we don't know what sort of natural born musical talent Ben has. He could be, you know, there is Mozart wrote his first symphony when he was fourteen. You know, some people have talent. Um, and secondly, I, you know, we don't know enough about Ben's backstory at this point in sort of the Alex Inc universe to really know that he didn't. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe he was great at music. He hit his head, uh, and he forgot. He lost the memory of the music, so he had some sort of traumatic brain injury. Lost memory of being able to play music, but he had the muscle memory, so was able to come back much faster than it would be had he learning from scratch. So that's so true. Yeah. And also, look,
1: we don't know much about this kid, but we do know that he's a special, talented kid. Right. He's great at doing voices he's great at impersonating historical figures like Eleanor
0: Roosevelt. And, and can I just say we don't know that he's a kid frankly. I mean, we are we trust Alex. We believe Alex when he says this is my child. This is the the boy that came for me, but it could be that he's being deceived and that Ben is some sort of imposter adult, you know, virtuoso guitar player who has moved into the house in and is is able to look like a kid, much like Andy Milonakis.
1: And these are things that we hope will be cleared up in episode four or maybe episode five. Um, but until then, we just sort of have to to accept the reality that this kid got awesome at guitar after watching one or maybe two YouTube tutorials.
0: I mean, don't be a hater. Don't Don't make the show into your enemy. The show is your friend. You're trying to learn from the show as we are. So stop making Ben's making everything a big battle with Ben. We've talked a lot on the show about ink
1: drops, but what we haven't really talked about are ink blots. And ink blots are the types of thing that show up on a Rorschach test. And for those of you who aren't familiar, that's um, a, just a random assortment of ink, and you are supposed to just determine your own story from it. Mm-hmm. So you can look at that Rorschach test, at that ink blot, and see um, you know, a, just a thing that is impossible, which is a kid gets really good at guitar after watching one or maybe two YouTube tutorials, or
0: you can see one of the many theories that John has advanced Mm -hmm. and just freaking go with it. And I didn't even have to think about those that long. And can I just say on the subject of Rorschach tests, I think that that a lot of kids are using caterpillars as a sort of Rorschach test of their own. They impose their happy little story on them, and it's just not true. So I don't want to drill that point into the ground, but it just just think before you assume about what a caterpillar's experience. And can I just say, I'm sorry
1: if we are a little pissed off today, um, but we have been really struggling if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, um, this podcast is a ton of work. Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys are keeping track, but this is the third week in a row that we have attempted to bring you guys this podcast, and it's really taking a lot out of us between um, recording the
0: podcast, editing the podcast, posting the podcast. Sourcing releases from the talent, which is us, but you'd be surprised at how hard, you know, we have a lot of other stuff going on, so sometimes it's hard to get the releases. And I had to install a USB drive on my computer because the other ones have been gummed up with some syrup that I had in my car, so that's another thing. Um, So anyway, we're sorry, Um, you know,
1: it it just, I I can't speak for John, but for me, Uh, Sometimes it's hard when we record to just put on a happy face and and pretend like we don't have problems, like we're not humans as well. I know that when you listen to this podcast in your car speaker, at work, in your headphones, wherever you listen to your podcast, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, wherever it may be, it's very easy to close your eyes and think that we are gods. But Mm -hmm. we are not. We are men and we are flawed. Mm -hmm. Um. On that note, I think this is a good lesson from this week's episode of Alex Inc., which is that you actually can learn a lot from YouTube tutorials. Mm-hmm. For instance, I um, i know this may be hard to believe, but I was never very good with women. That um, is hard to believe. That is. <laughs> thanks, man. I know. But, you know, after spending about a month watching YouTube tutorials um, uh, about how to be a good pickup artist, um, I've really turned a corner Um, and have started sleeping with a lot of women. That's Uh, awesome. I mean, after watching these YouTube tutorials, I've really turned into a 24-7 attractive man. Mm. Um, I'm landing, you know, two to three accomplished introductions per day. Um, I've decreased the seven-hour rule to a five-hour rule, um, and I'm just sort of beating off beta boyfriends left and right.
0: So... Like, what was your journey? I mean, you, you found these videos. How long did it take to kind of absorb the lessons from the pickup artist community and implement them?
1: Well, after about six minutes of the first episode, I felt like I was finally ready to go out there, and the rest of it just sort of became fine-tuning. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm living proof that, uh, you know, you can pick it up in one or maybe two YouTube tutorials. That's awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, as soon as I sort of... Um, finished watching the video I sort of found my community out in the wild um fellow PUAs Mm -hmm. and um you know we would just sort of uh you know prance across the the town um you know sort of you know racking up wins left and right um, but sorry I, enough about me what are something is there anything that you've learned about from YouTube tutorials
0: well funny enough I I have learned actually a lot from YouTube tutorials I actually in a, from, in a similar subject it was pickup artists oh no as way as well yeah yeah I started watching the videos um, I've been on sort of a longer journey it sounds like than you I started watching them about three years ago mm-hmm. um, I decided okay this resonates This, for me, as a guy who has not had the ton of luck in the dating world, this is something I can dive into. This is a way to feel better about myself, kind of move my life forward. Yeah. I started watching the videos, um, you know, very, very, very often, um, one or two videos a night. Um and these were these are long form. long yeah.
1: You were into the long ones. It yeah, seems like. Like
0: common misconception about pickup artist uh videos is that they are one and done, you know, sort of like an encounter with a pickup artist. But the videos are actually prolonged. They're long formed and they have a really great arc and they have a really great story. So I think people overlook that aspect of the art of the videos. But I did learn a whole lot. I learned a ton. I uh became extremely competent as a pickup artist as far as the books element of it goes, you know, the, the notebooks that I had of, I had reams and reams of pages of how to implement the strategies. But then when, you know, my challenge so far, and I do consider myself an expert pickup artist, is that I haven't really found kind of the right moment to use my, use my knowledge um, I, you know, I've, I've been to Venice beach many times. I walk up and down, been at Venice beach looking for, uh, targets. Um, and it just seems like every time, you know, maybe I get a phone call, maybe I step on bubble gum, something kind of goes wrong. And and I think that I do know the stuff. I know that get me in a room with a, any woman and I could literally pick her up. Um, but it just kind of seems like, you know, maybe the, maybe, um, Uh, my socks are a little bit itchy and that kind of can affect a pickup artist in a, in a certain way. Um, maybe the wind is blowing. I can tell it's blowing my hair into a, into a place that I could definitely pick people up, but it might not be as easy. So I kind of have had that experience and so far I am a pick, I am a pickup artist. I am an expert. So it's sort of in the way that Ben is an expert guitar player, but you know, Ben would be an expert guitar player if he had never picked up a guitar before, if he had the skills and I'm sort of that level. Right. So, so in the last three years, how many, uh, how many women have you successfully picked up? I haven't, I haven't spoken to a woman in the three years. This includes women who are single This includes my sister. This includes my aunts and my grandmother. So I have not spoken to a woman.
1: Well, I think, you know, if you keep at it, um, and also don't beat yourself up because it's, I, it really does seem like it's a grass is greener situation. Like I'm sure you wish you could be me in terms of my success rate, but I sort of wish, you know, I could be you because, you know, so for fucking me, funny for me, it, it, honestly, for me, it's gotten to a point where. You know, I again I'm I'm sleeping with nine women a night and um and it's great and they want me to stick around but I can't because I have to sort of ramble and then I mm-hmm. but I still have all of this energy because I have so much pickup knowledge and then mm-hmm. I'm like well maybe I don't know maybe the thing for me is not women necessarily and so then I'll see what guys are around and then we'll do the same thing and then there's still all of this pent up sexual energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm sort of, you know, at home and I'm and just sort of like humping, you know, I'm just like humping, you know, like I'm humping a rug or I'm humping like a toaster or whatever, or, you know, like my pillow or like a window or whatever, or sometimes like the air will just sort of like blow or junk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that'll sort of arouse me. And, you know, I sort of exist in a perpetual state of sort of like, you know, sort of a wrecked um, kind of like untapped potential where nothing is ever enough or whatever. Um, So from where I'm sitting, your thing seems pretty good. Why couldn't I just turn my phone off for a couple hours?
0: Because your job is very important to you. And that's an ink drop. So the final life lesson from this episode of Alex Inc. was pertaining to addiction to technology, something that is all too common in our society these days. Mm -hmm. Um, Pretty much Rooney, as we said before, she steps on this beautiful butterfly. And I don't think we mentioned that the reason she does it is because she's a lawyer. She's a very high-caliber criminal lawyer, and she can't stop sending emails, Um, you know, There's an argument that that's okay. She's working hard. But when you're at a butterfly sanctuary, a place as fun and exciting as a butterfly sanctuary, you should maybe put down the phone, which kind of has led us to think about how this... Alex may be giving us a lesson here.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are so many instances in our daily life where we're so attached to our gadgets that we have a hard time recognizing the beauty of what's right in front of us. Um, You know, for me, I've realized sort of an interesting um, and and potentially negative habit that I have gotten into when I wake up. So every morning I'll wake up Um, and uh, you know, I used to say good morning to my beautiful girlfriend. Um, but now I, the first thing I say is good morning, Alexa. And Alexa is not the name of my girlfriend, um, but rather the name of my Amazon device that tells me what appointments I have in the morning.
0: Am I correct to say that this happens even when you don't have an appointment?
1: When Even, it's not about appointments. I rarely have appointments. Um, usually, Alexa just says hello. It tells me what time it is, what the weather is like, mm. um, and that usually doesn't matter to me because I'm not leaving my house that day. But I have gotten so addicted to the rhythm of you know hearing her, and by her I mean it, because it's not a real. Her, right, and that's something we have to remind ourselves of, but it can be hard. Yeah, and um, and I'm having you know a full conversation, a full dialogue with my Alexa device. And my girlfriend is trying to get a a word in Edgewise, Mm -hmm. and uh, and she can't because I'm sort of laughing and having such a great time with this Amazon robot. Wow, is is Alexa is the robot able to make jokes? Is that why you're laughing? Or Uh, well, no, not technically, but it's just like you can tell she's funny. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can the way that it'll say like what the weather is like, or you know, um, what the top headline story. Like sometimes she will say the news. That's the other thing she does. and sometimes the news is funny.
0: Right. Um, and you kind of attribute that to her. You think like she's, she's, she's funny. Yeah, I attribute it to her delivery. Right. Has your girlfriend said, I wish you would talk to me instead of Alexa? Has that become a big issue for you guys? Here's the thing. I
1: assume that's what she's saying, but I am not listening because I am locked in with my Alexa. Right. Um, so I sort of every once in a while will glance over to my girlfriend, and I can tell that she's mad, um, and I can tell that her mouth is moving to form words. Right. But meanwhile, I'm you know thinking about again what the weather is, what the time is, all the stuff that I'm talking to right. my Alexa
0: about. I picture it a lot like in a in an army movie. When the grenade goes off and you hear the buzzing in their ears, that's exactly what it but is. But it's like you're hearing Alexa in your ears, it, and you and your and your girlfriend's just yelling, "Yeah, like, get out! There's there's marines in the platoon." Yeah, and it
1: feels like that too. Like I'll look at my girlfriend, and the world is sort of shaking, mm-hmm. and I feel sort of unstable, and all I want to do is sort of go over to my Alexa and sort of make her tell me that it's okay, right? Yeah, and if anybody out there is is having a similar thing, please, please tweet at us at Alex Inc., Inc. Um, and this seems like as good a time as any to mention again our Patreon, slash John and Sam's Alex Inc., Inc. Patreon. Um, if you do throw us a couple bucks, you could also uh, you know talk about uh, what issues you're having in the comments of the Patreon.
0: Right. I think think another thing people have not been using to contact us enough, we could definitely use more of this, is drop us a podcast. I mean, we are avid podcast consumers. So if you ever want to say something to us, sometimes a more effective method than writing an email or a text is a full hour-long podcast. We'll listen to it. Yeah. uh, I mean, my mom has been trying to
1: get in touch with me for years. And the other day, I sort of Um, you know, I swallowed my pride. I closed my eyes and I sent her a full episode of Radio Lab, and I didn't tell her that it was from me. I used a burner email address, but that was just because I knew that if she listened to the podcast, she would know everything that I was trying to say. Right?
0: Um, and uh, Sam, I want to just just add: you can also write your, you can create your own podcast. Like your mom could have written. I know she's been trying to call you, and that can be very annoying. And sort of a better way for her to contact you would be to create a podcast called Letters to Sam, My Son... And that it's all letters or messages to you because you would listen to that. Yeah, on your and commute. Ta- just tag me in in this sort
1: of like Into about the, the episode, description. yeah, and then I'll get it. I mean, look, if you're going through the process of leaving a message, mm-hmm. a voicemail message for somebody, meaning by the way you're putting your mouth up to a speaker and something is recording, mm-hmm. um, you're a halfway to a podcast. Just finish the job, you know. Right,
0: and I think Sam, you and I have talked privately about how we kind of want to be the Duplass brothers of podcasting. so we're going there. Yes, we have said this privately a lot. So where the Duplass brothers would say, you want to make a movie? You have an iPhone. What's stopping you? We would say the same thing, but with podcasts. You want to make a podcast? You have an iPhone. What's 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 stopping stopping you? you? Mm -hmm. Because Tangerine was a really good movie, but it would have been a much better podcast. Yes. Um, The Puffy Chair, excellent movie, would have been a better podcast. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to see... Uh, Honestly, I didn't need to see any of that movie Black Panther, black podcast Right um, A quiet place, a quiet podcast Game night should be called podcast
1: But we do want to be like the Duplass brothers And and whereas, you know, the, the Duplass brothers would sort of, you know, look at the world and say Let's go out there and let's dupe it up We sort of look at the world and we say a similar thing But what we mean is make a podcast
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh I kind of have had my own struggles with technology. Um, Recently, I was in the hospital with my grandmother, um, and instead of holding her hand during her dying breath, I was holding my phone, upon which I was playing Mega Man. And I heard my grandma die, and I couldn't barely hear her over the sound of Mega Man's blaster. So... We all have struggles. Can I ask you a question, though? Yes.
1: I mean, I know it sounds sort of coarse or crude to say, but you were in the room. You heard her pass away. You, in many ways, got the podcast experience of your grandmother's last moments. To me, that seems like
0: it could be beautiful. Um, I always felt that way, but I didn't really feel comfortable saying it because our podcast hating world has conditioned me to believe that to think like that is wrong. So I just want to say thank you mm-hmm. and thank you to the listeners for giving Sam the platform to say that. Sorry, I, um...
1: No, that means a lot. Of course.
0: Um, and I think that's kind of the show. Um,
1: yeah, once again, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm sorry if this episode felt you know, weird or different, um, but that's just because John and I sometimes are weird and different.
0: And I want to say, Sam, maybe sorry, but I'm not sorry because... When you step out in the world and you put a podcast into the world, you have nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. You are sharing a piece of yourself, and that's all that we can be expected to do, and it's all that we should do. And if you're doing a good job by your own heart, you are doing a good job in the world. And hey,
1: if you're out there listening and you think that anything that we've said today has resonated with you or anything that Alex has done has resonated with you, there's one way that you can repay us, and that's to go to iTunes, search for our podcast, and drop us a
0: review, Right. Um, or at least a star rating. I think it's it's not said enough, but Sam and I both have um, enemies, and to, in order... To rub their faces in our reviews is really really helpful to us. Yeah, and those same enemies
1: are uh, people who have gotten onto our page and have left us negative reviews
0: that we have been deleting uh, pretty rapidly, but mm-hmm. they keep popping up like weeds. Right, I'm sure that you know. I'm a, every time I start a new podcast, I'm reminded of how many people that I that claim, I claim how many people in the world claim to have been slighted by me, and uh, they all they get their uh, they really get their jollies trying to make my to tank my new podcast. Yeah,
1: anytime I start one, it's the same group of 100, maybe 150 people all claiming that I owe them money from some sort of insurance fraud thing that was,
0: again, a misunderstanding. Right. He feels bad. What more can you ask of a man than to feel bad?
1: So if any of you guys are out there and, and can help us out, please go to our iTunes page. Give us five stars um, and write us a little comment. Um, you know, let's, let's make it into a fun game. Right. Right? In, in the comments, rather than saying what you think about the show,
0: uh, maybe write your favorite type of butterfly. <laughs> yep. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're so amped. We've got a big week coming up for Alex Inc. And uh, we hope you'll be right there along with us you know, taking in every moment of Alex's journey and sopping up every lesson like the podcast sponges that we aspire to be. So for all you inkblots and inkstronauts
1: out there, keep your ears open, keep your hearts full, and keep on rocking in the free world. I'm Sam. And I'm John. And this has been John and Sam's Alex Ink. You can spend the rest of the day doing your multiplication tables, or I can stick around and you can put me on trial for
0: murder. And that's an ink drop. Pew, 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 pew.